Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. So welcome to this episode of the Deep Roots at Home. We are so honored and thrilled to have a special guest with us today. You are in for a real treat. This is Emily Fort, and she is part of what now is known as the We Saved Our Mom family. And in a few minutes, you will learn why that's the case. She has an amazing story for us about how she and her siblings actually saved their mom when their mom had been given 12 hours to live. She was dying from COVID, had all kinds of comorbidities, and was in a really rough way. And they saved her by the grace of God and using some different um, unconventional means. And so because our audience is very, very interested in number one, alternative methods, and number two, caring for their families in the way that God has led us to, they are the perfect guests to have on today's podcast. So with that introduction, I'm going to turn it over to Emily to um, say hello to our audience and to start sharing her story. Hi, Hi Emily. Thank you so much. Hello. Thank you for having me today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. You have such an amazing story. And so I'd like to actually just jump right in and just have you start at the very beginning. And first of all, um, let's just tell us just a little bit about your family to start with. Okay. Well, I am one of 11 kids and we were all homeschooled our whole lives. Um, and we, between us now have 35, 37 kids all homeschooling. <laughs> wow. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's a busy household. It's a busy, like just getting together is just logistically difficult. So the fact that we were all able to get together for mom is, is even more like, yeah, it's one thing for other families to gather at a, at a sick relative. It's another to have like 55 people. together, and It's so literally like a the, convention. The story kind of begins. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, how many hotel rooms you're calling for blocks of hotel rooms, you know, <laughs> to have a stay. It's not just, you know, you know, can we even all fit in one small hotel? So um, the story uh, kind of picks up or starts in the fall of 2020. Um, my grandfather, who was 84, was diagnosed with COVID and my grandma had it at the same time. And um, at that time, you know, we didn't know a fraction of what we know now. We did know that ivermectin existed. We knew things like hydroxychloroquine existed, but we knew the hospitals weren't giving them, but we didn't really know what that meant. We just, you know, grandpa's pretty healthy. Um, you know, he's never been on any prescription drugs. He's been a farmer. He's thin, you know, he's got no mm -hmm. medication. Like this guy, if anyone could beat it, it'd be grandpa. Well, um, grandpa did not beat it. Grandpa passed away. And my mom, he was allowed to have a visitor. And they told my mom that if you come in to see him, that is his one visit. And so if you leave, that's his visit. And you cannot mm. come back, even if he lives a week or two weeks or whatever. So my mom went into his room 
and she stayed for days. I can't, I can't remember, honestly, if it was like three days or five days. Like it, it's one of those things where your brain just protects you from all the details. Like right. Your brain is like, you don't want to remember everything. Mom left grandpa's room. Uh, grandpa passed away. Uh, mom got to be there. And mom left his room running a fever. So she mm -hmm. was already sick before she left his hospital room. And we planned the funeral and uh, we sent a bunch of supplements up to mom's house, some organic homemade, you know, chicken soup. A bunch of the sisters ran off to the local health food store and grabbed a bunch of stuff and sent it over to mom. And, and uh, the day of grandpa's funeral, my mom was taken to the hospital and her mm. COVID was uh, getting worse. And we were still not concerned because she had a great doctor, a different hospital than my grandpa's. Her doctor was a Christian. He had her on this great protocol. She was gonna get ivermectin. She was gonna get hydroxychloroquine. She was gonna get all these zinc and, and vitamin C and all this great stuff. And we were like, right. okay, mom is younger. Um, she's got a much better protocol. The doctor's like, got it, he's with it. We'll be So we all just kind of took off for home um, and waited to hear that mom was around the bend. And so we got home from grandpa's funeral. For me, it was a 12 hour drive back to Texas. And um, we got home from the funeral and we're home three days when we got the call from the hospital that my mom had 12 hours to live. And it's about a 12 hour drive for me. That is and not the kind <laughs> of call like, well, anyone wants to get. No, and we were so surprised because she was on this great protocol. And then we found out that within a day or so of being put in the hospital, she was moved to the intensive care unit. And once you're in the intensive care unit, your personal doctor and his choices, his medical decisions for you no longer apply. So she was immediately taken off of her doctor's great regimen and put on the CDC's protocol. And that's where, I mean, the decline was just immediate. I mean, it, it, there was, she got remdesivir right away, even though she walked in the door with stage four kidney disease, she's majorly contraindicated for, for people with kidney disease. And so she just, we didn't understand why she wasn't getting better, but then we realized, oh, she's getting just the typical CDC protocol and she's not doing well with it. So right. we right. all started driving, flying, you know, everyone who had just gathered for grandpa's funeral and had gone home three, four days earlier now is flying back in, driving back in. And um, I had one brother who's my oldest brother had a, his wife had a baby the day of grandpa's funeral. So he was not able to attend, but all of us are just rushing in and we, we have a big, you know, uh, like a uh, message, a big messenger chat where we all are talking to each other and everybody's like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? And part of it is, you know, one brother's like, well, I'm not going in there to say goodbye. If we all show up, mom's gonna think she's, a daughter because yeah when you see all your family come in a hospital room when you've got COVID really bad you know she just did this with grandma right. she thinks we're all coming to, to say it's over right and my husband and this is where like God's providence and like so many facets of your life come together in one in one and you realize so many aspects of your life were for a reason I happen to have married somebody uh, who his whole family is big into alternative medicine. Uh, specifically, they're into what's called orthomolecular medicine. It's the concept of the body uh, sufficiencies and deficiencies. Most Very cool. uh, problems, illnesses, 
Yeah, most, if yeah. you think of it in, in medicine in terms of that, now we don't like totally discount other, you know, I use plenty of herbs uh, when we were dealing with infertility and I have essential oils, like we don't right. reject other modalities, but we had just seen more that's, we see the body as if you give the body what it needs to function, it will function properly. Right. And we knew that mom, you know, if she could get some vitamin C and vitamin D and zinc, and um, we knew what quercetin was and we were all taking it. We just knew if we could get this stuff into mom, that would be better than nothing. And so we decided, my husband called me while we were, you know, while I'm driving up there, because he had just come up for grandpa's funeral, but was, you know, couldn't take off work again immediately um, to, to come up for mom. Um, and so he called me and he said, do you remember about DMSO? And I was like, yes. DMSO? In this case. Yes. And so DMSO is that short for dimethyl sulfoxide and it's basically a, a a solvent but don't think of it like a cleaner solvent think of it like a in chemistry a solvent it carries things so whatever you put into it it will carry with it into the host and so it's used mostly in animal medicine to um to get medication into animals <laughs> that they right. don't want to eat or that can't be injected and it's also, it's got a lot of sulfur in it. So it's used for arthritis. So it's used in arthritic animals on their joints. You can just rub it in. Well, it carries things across the skin barrier. And in the past, when our kids had been sick, um, I had always known that DMSO is readily available at any tractor supply or, you know, uh, farm fleet or Atwoods or any of these farm, farm supply stores, they carry it and you can get, um, many, many things into somebody when they're too young to swallow a pill or too old to take a handful of supplements at one time or, um, you know, where their digestive system just, you know, they're, they're not eating, they're not used to eating that much, that many supplements at one time. And so quite right. often it'll give an upset stomach. And so I said, well, it's worth a shot. And so I messaged my siblings in this big chat and I said, Hey guys, this is really random, um, may not work, but when grandpa was was passing, we'd all gathered outside of his hospital and we sang hymns. And that was, that was extremely emotional. All of us were, you, know, you feel like that's all we can do. And it's something, but it feels like you just, you know, we can't go in his room. We can't see him. We can't, you know, he's the patriarch of the family and we can't gather around his bed and say goodbye. Right. And it just felt like that wasn't enough. And so mom is dying now. And it's like, listen, we know what it feels like to stand outside helplessly while someone dies 50 feet away through a glass wall. And, and if that I doesn't could just, feel very good. If I could just interject, yeah. that is so wrong. It's so wrong that they are taking that away right. from our families these days. If there's any time right. that you need to be with your loved ones, it's when you are in a crisis illness, you know, I mean, that's even part of healing is, is, is being with your yeah. loved ones. Yeah, yeah, so that was just, yeah. sorry to well, interrupt, that was just a little soapbox of mine. <laughs> no, we thought, it, I mean, you know, this is a thing where the grandkids are having to just go along with what the aunts and uncles and, you know, all the, we're the second generation removed. Well, now that it's our mom, we are that deciding generation. And right. so we said, we know what it feels like to sit outside and do nothing and pray while they die that doesn't feel good and later you have like all these regrets of why didn't i do anything something anything i, I just right and it is and you 
and you don't you don't want that about your mom you know you don't want that ever but you know grandpa 84 says he's ready to go he's lived his whole life that's one thing but my 64 year old mom with more than 30 grandkids like it didn't feel the same to just sit back mm -hmm. and so i said to my siblings what do y'all think about trying something crazy <laughs> basically and um thankfully they had seen my husband uh do enough of his crazy crazy voodoo you know orthomolecular magic medicine stuff they didn't really understand how it all worked but they trusted they'd seen us you know oh try this for that or you know oh if you have tooth pain put some you know white clove oil on it like weird stuff and my family had seen enough of it that they were like well it can't hurt anything to try this and so I am driving up there and I've got a box of supplements, you know, because I carry a box of supplements everywhere I go. <laughs> but aside from that, <laughs> I had COVID supplements. I had, you know, C, B, zinc, quercetin, bromelain. I had, you know, I had a vitamin D cream, a lotion that was filled with where a teaspoon was a thousand IU of vitamin oh. D. And I said, well, we could rub vitamin D into her at very least with this lotion right. if we're allowed in the room. And so I started trying to gather while I'm driving, you know, doing, you know, 80 miles an hour up the interstate across Kansas, I start calling health food stores trying to gather these supplements and get the things together. And then meanwhile, like all of us are going into a room, possibly with a sick person, and we want to make sure wow. our immune systems are up. I don't want all my siblings getting sick. Right, and then how does right. this help anyone? So it was a uh, I called my brother. Um, who's flying in from Atlanta. And I said, you're driving through the only town that will have a tractor's supply or a farm supply or any of that sort of store. I'm coming in, I'm getting in at one in the morning. All of those stores will be closed. You are landing, you know, in at the airport and you'll be able to drive through towns while they're still open. So I called the, the tractor supply store or whatever. I don't think it actually was tractor supply. It was some farm, farm and fleet or whatever. So I was calling around, I called and I said, hi there, do y'all have DMSO? And the guy was like, let me go check. And I said, okay. And I could, he could tell I was all choked up and he was like, you know, we just care about these creatures, don't we? And I was like, yes, my horse, Apache. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like, how do you explain that you're choked up, desperate to get this stuff? Because literally a human being's life might be riding on it. And how do you tell that to somebody who's like, yeah right. okay so anyway the guy <laughs> said no i'll hold the store we close at 8 30 but i'll wait till your brother can get here so i called alex and i said my brother i said you gotta haul it over there so he got there at 8 40 the guy held the store open for him sold him a ten dollar fifteen dollar container of dmso and i said okay now we need to get in the hospital room because we're not going to just stand outside with all this stuff and then really feel like why didn't we try harder I had a sister who'd already arrived at the hospital and she started asking the lady at the front desk, you know, what's the visitor policy? Oh, sorry, no visitor policy. Um, well, what we've been told she's dying. So does yeah. she get a visitor? And they're like, uh, well, let's, let me talk to the doctor. Let me talk, you know, there's all these like, you know, and meanwhile, while Julia's, while my sister is waiting for an answer, um, you know, other family members from other families are coming in and they're coming up to the desk at the hospital and they're saying, my mom is in here and she's dying. Please let me in to see her to say goodbye. And like, no, I'm sorry. Oh, or, you know, my terrible. grandma's in here dying. And you just have, and you're just like, this is like some third world nightmare. Yeah, this is not medical care. Like these are, 
this is a parking lot full of people whose relatives are in here dying who can't, you know, my husband's in there. I'm like, can right. you imagine like being pardoned from your spouse? No, <laughs> you know, I, for... I can't. I have just thought about yeah, that over and I over. Can't. Just, yeah, it, it was just, so my sister was saying, guys, we're going to have to be a little more pushy if we're going to get in this room because they're just turning people like they don't care about your sob story. They don't care about how awful the situation is the protocol is the protocol. And so we started putting a little more pressure on the hospital. Um, you know, we said, well, that's not really an acceptable answer that she gets no visitors as she dies. So who made that policy? Who do we need to talk to? Right. So we kind of, we got a phone number of a vice president. So we started, we called him multiple times. We started texting. Somehow we got the CEO's number of the hospital. We started texting him. We contacted my mom's doctor, like I said, a, a good Christian man, and we were like, please intercede on our behalf. Please tell them that she can't, if she has 11 kids and 30 grandkids, she cannot die alone. Like that's just not right. an option. And right. he, he interceded, I believe he interceded on our behalf and said that, you know, we should, there's too many kids here. It's, you can't just tell none of them they can come in. So between the front door pressure, the texting, the calling, and our doctor interceding on our behalf, um, we were allowed in, they said, two hours each to say goodbye. Two hours And I each. said, well, that's plenty of time. Yeah, <laughs> and, you're, and you think to yourself, and you're driving, and you're like, if you were told you had two hours to talk to your mom, what would you say? And yeah, yeah. And like, you know, and it's just like, and you're like, do I want to waste time trying to save her life or just spend those two hours with her? You know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like if I, what will I regret more? Not just sitting with her and talking with her and being, you know, present mentally in the moment, or do I want to be rushing around trying to do medical stuff on the sly? You know, right, just right. like some siblings were in there praying and singing hymns and waiting for the supplements to come. So by the time I arrived at one in the morning, a couple of kids had already been allowed in to say their goodbyes and you know you, you know every one of us who walked in they said just prepare yourselves for whatever might happen while you're in the room and mm. it's then that you really realize yeah this is not a drill you know this is not these people expect her to be dead by morning and, and this the is nurses not were very an sweet aunt or a grandparent. I mean, not that we're very, right. you know, it's, we would be grieving for our aunts or our grandparents or even our sisters, but your mother. Right. Mm -hmm. That grandpa dying was devastating, but he's 84 and mm -hmm. you expect sometime in the next three to five years, he was probably going to die anyway. And you, you are mentally, you've had 20 years to watch him age and become an old man to get used to that idea. Mm -hmm. Like my mom was 64 like you're not mentally prepared right. for that and right. so and then i mean keep in mind i have a 17 year old brother <laughs> you know i have i'm one of 11 kids and so i've got a 17 year old brother at that time and i've got a 19 year old sister and a 21 year old sister i mean these these kids you know they're not kids but they they mom hasn't gotten to see their meet their spouses be at their wedding right. hold their first baby be at a baptism like Mom, right. like I've gotten mom for those events in my life, but like a 17 year old boy, like he yeah. doesn't even know how to, yeah. you know, like that's just, and, and it's an interesting story. Ethan was flying in and his flight was going to be delayed where he would miss a connection. Um, my youngest brother, he's the 17 year old. And 
I had another brother who was already sitting in the airport catching the same connector flight into the the, the little town, the, the closest airport. And he, the brother in the airport went up to the staff at the desk and explained what was going on. And he said, can you please message that plane? Can you please hold the next plane? This wow. is literally a matter of life and death. And they messaged the pilot of 17 year old brother's plane who announced over the loudspeaker, there's a young man on this airplane I'm not going to cry about this. <laughs> There's a young man on this airplane whose mother passed away of COVID. And when we land, if everyone could please stay seated so he can get off the plane. And, uh, oh, wow. They, they did that for him. Oh. So Ethan, you know, he's crying. He's 17. <laughs> so Ethan is oh. crying and he runs off the airplane. And the second plane held for him. And, you know, the two brothers meet in the airport and give each other a big hug and then dash onto the second plane, land in time to stop at the tractors, the farm store and grab the DMSO, show up at mom's bedside, you know, and, and say your goodbyes, basically. Right. In these troubling times, it's no secret that we are being censored. It's getting harder and harder to spread the truth. Facebook is throttling us, and we don't know how much longer we will be there. Here are a few things you can do to stay in touch with Deep Roots at Home. Firstly, sign up for our newsletter. Jackie sends out exclusive, important content to her readers. The link will be in the show notes. Number two, consider making Deep Roots at Home your homepage in your browser. Number three, print your favorite Deep Roots at Home articles and place them in a binder to have on hand in case of emergency. And finally, follow us on other social media channels. We are now on Telegram and Gab and soon Truth Social. Jackie's greatest desire is that God would be glorified through these dark times. So we are back. And when we left you, Emily, your brother had just gotten off the plane at the airport and you were heading over to the hospital with the DMSO. So what happened after that? Well, between we had finally gotten permission to have two hours each and we're all starting to descend on the hospital. And um, we started to take the supplements and it was, and I can tell you, you know, in greater detail later, but essentially we took the supplements, you know, vitamin D, C, we powderized hydroxychloroquine. We, we basically found that anything, we researched it a little bit, my husband did while we're all driving and found that anything underneath the size of 500 Daltons um, or a molecular weight of 500, anything less than that can get through the skin with DMSO as a carrier. And everything we were trying to put through the skin, most of the really simple things like zinc were, you know, around 200. So oh. you, you know, that's getting in really well. Right. Yeah. And so we weren't, that's, that was very promising. I was like, okay, this might actually work. So we showed up and we started, I got into mom's room around one 30 in the morning. Um, Cause again, it's 13 hours from my house and I took off around one o'clock and um, I opened up some capsules into my palm. And of course to get into her room, I'm wearing a, you know, the hospital's yellow gown i'm wearing a, right. a n95 mask i'm wearing yeah. gloves right yeah they basically make you you know wear this all this stuff but i popped open these pills in my hand and i dipped my fingers in the dmso and i rubbed it into a paste on my left glove and i just started rubbing it into mom's skin anywhere that 
um, the skin is thin. So I was looking for skin like between the wrist and the elbow. That skin is really thin as it faces the body or um, inside the thighs, uh, underneath the arms, right? In areas where there's blood flow close to the surface of the skin and it's not thick, like your hands have a lot of blood flow, but the skin is really thick. And the same thing for your feet. Yeah, and your feet is kind of so, the first the first place you would think to go because a lot of people talk about putting things at the bottom of the feet, but you're saying the bottom of the feet is not a good place for this. Well, I would have, oh, well, that's a good point. The pores on the bottom of the feet are some of the largest pores in the body. So I would have done the feet, but my mom was wearing, she's diabetic and it's actually very oh. common for COVID patients to be wearing, they're worried about blood clots. So it's very common for COVID patients to be wearing compression socks and then to have um, some sort of compression on their legs. And so that it's, they're trying to prevent blood clots from forming in the extremities. And so we had no access to mom's feet. And that's actually the more, uh, the more families I've helped, the more common that actually is. Okay. But I, I've heard that before. So, but we were doing areas like outside the thigh, um, underneath the arms, back of the neck, just basically any skin we could get to. And we, I typed up what to put in a dose. And I said, we need to dose her with this stuff every 15 minutes. So every 15 minutes we were putting on 5,000, a 5,000 IU vitamin D capsule that had K2 in it and a thousand milligrams of, um, sodium ascorbate, vitamin C and half of a hydroxychloroquine tablet and a glutathione pill and a knack pill every 15 minutes, which is a dosing I would never take personally. But I mean, I, I thought that was crazy, but we, a couple of things, A, we had nothing to lose. Right. And B, we didn't know, and we don't know to this day how much is actually getting to her. So it's right, like, well, I'd rather put too much on Right. Like how much is actually getting to her? Like mm -hmm. 50%, 80%, you know, and it's like, well, let's just dose her till we see some response and, and till we run out of kids, you know, cause we get two <laughs> hours each <laughs> and we got a lot of kids and they don't know who all's a kid and who all's a spouse. So like my brother-in-law is going in there saying, Oh mom, you know, and like they're, they're the hospital, they've lost track. There's a million of us, you know, there's 30 kids. And the <laughs> The hospital's like, what is happening? And we've never <laughs> seen people allowed to visit before, but the hospital, the nurses were wonderful and kind to us. It's just, we had to do this without them knowing. Cause of course they wouldn't approve of anything, you know, like this. And so we didn't want to put them in a compromised position right. of having to like ignore what we were doing. So it's well, best and, to just keep them from knowing. That brings me to the question of like, what did you take 30 bottles into the, to the room? How did you do this without them knowing? Okay, that was difficult. Um, and, and we learned a lot since then. One thing we did was in my oldest brother who couldn't make it, he said, I'm not going to be there. Cause my, you know, his wife had a baby three days ago. He said, what I will do is I will get you all hotel rooms at this hotel. Well, in the lobby of this hotel, we sat down and we filled the little tiny Ziploc baggies. We opened up 30 Ziploc baggies and we opened one vitamin D capsule and then one vitamin C, you know, into wow. these little tiny, you know, sandwich baggies. Like you would send your kid's lunch bag. And right. We also went to like the Walmart and Lewis drug and all these stores. And we got every single pill tray they had um, literally every single one. And I said, here's the thing. We can't all be going in this room, not sleeping, not eating well. 
and around COVID and not taking supplements ourselves. So we laid out all the baggies and opened the capsules for mom, but then we were filling pill trays. We had 30 pill trays running for the people that were in and around mom. I mean, I was breastfeeding my daughter at the time. Um, I have a, my older sister was, yeah, in the, in the process of a miscarriage at the time, like there were already immune oh. systems in the, you know, grandpa had passed away, you know, a week ago, you know, we're just all exhausted, hungover, emotionally wrung out. Like it was, I was like, our immune systems have probably never been worse set up for COVID than so they you are, are right all, now. You're you all know, in and, a hotel at this point where you like gathered in yes. uh, one of your rooms with this whole process or what did that look like in the no, hotel? We just kind of took over the lobby. We just <gasps> took over the lobby. Well, first of all, it's a very, it was a small hotel and because of COVID they weren't serving breakfast anymore. They weren't, so there, no one else was congregating anywhere. And, and they were, every time we left the lobby area or the, you know, the, the room we kind of took over the main lobby area, we would always go to the front desk and ask the guy for the sanitizer because we didn't want him to have to do a whole bunch of work after we left the room. But of course, there'd been 30 people in the room five minutes ago. So we would wipe down everything so that they didn't feel like we were you know, like abusing the right to use their hotel right. as a staging point. And but we had, I think, either seven or eight hotel rooms booked, which I think we were probably a, a half of the whole hotel. I mean, people just weren't traveling right. in you know, right. the early fall of 2020. And so I think the hotel, they were happy to have that many people staying. They just weren't sure what to do with, aren't you all supposed to be social distancing and like, right. oh, we're family. And you know, I mean, well, if you knew what we were doing here, you would just like, you and know. And if I could, if I ahead. could just say what a beautiful testimony of family unity. I mean, I'm just thinking through, you know, what that would look like with all of these families coming from all over with their children and all of these hotel rooms and gathering together. And then it had to have been this huge production back at the hotel while the other siblings are rotating to go in with their mom. And I know that yes. that was in the moment horrific and terrible, and you'd never want to go through that again. But the beautiful that's that's isn't that whatever parent would want like the beautiful unity of the siblings I'm a mom of eight kids and I'm just thinking wow I would I would hope that my children would do that that same thing and to see you all working together that's just such a testimony of the goodness of the Lord with family unity yeah we later we all could like wow that was pretty amazing that you know we yeah, it, it was just, there's a lot of stuff like that where you thought later you had the clarity to look back and see what God had done, where, you know, what are the odds, you know, two brothers are on the same outbound flight and God orchestrated right. that so Ethan could make it in time to say, you know, possibly say goodbye. And then stuff like I called a health food store and asked for a very specific, I need this exact brand, this exact dose um, of this specific supplement. And because keep in mind, you can't be putting supplements on somebody's skin that are purple or green or orange. So like a lot of vitamin Ds are plant-based. Well, those are made from broccoli and things like, like I can't mm. rub a green liquid on mom's skin, bright green or quercetin and bromelain. They're both orange. I could mm. rub or a big orange splotches all over mom. Um, we were blessed. It was providential that we had hydroxychloroquine, which is white, but 
all sorts. So I needed a specific supplement and I call this health food store an hour and a half away. And I was like, do you have this supplement in stock? This exact one, not another vitamin D, this one. <laughs> and the lady was like, what do you know? She said, I have six bottles. I'm literally holding the box. I, it's a brand new item. I'm putting it on the shelf right now for the first time. And I was like, I just like hung up, but I was like, guys, God is paving a way for this. Yeah. Like this store never carried this in there for all these years. And now today, the day I needed, they got six bottles in for the first time ever. And so I, I said, I'll take all six bottles, <laughs> like just set them aside. I've got somebody, I'll send somebody in a car and we'll get those all picked up. And so anyway, stuff like that happened where you realized what, you know, part of it was just God paving a way. And a part of it was all of us siblings are Christians and we felt it was our duty to be there, not just our duty, but it's, this is how, this is how the church should have responded. This is how right, Christians right. should treat COVID. This and also, I'm going to stay home and go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, also, I know that uh, Jackie has on her website, she has a lot of encouragement for uh you know her followers to fight for their families and not be afraid to ask questions to think outside the box and not take no for an answer you know there we're in a time in our country where we have to fight for our loved ones and and not be we, we have to have the mindset of christ and the attitude of um we, we need to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. So we need an attitude of grace, but at the same time, being able to say, I need to be able to be with my loved one and fight and, and mm -hmm. um, be willing to go against the grain as it were. Yeah, no, that was, that was, we, we realized right away that the nurses were the sweetest. I mean, they're the people, you know, doing the hard work. I mean, their jobs weren't fun. I don't care how much they're getting paid. That's a miserable thing to have to do day in and day out. So we were very intentional about thanking the nurses. We ordered flowers for the nurses station. When we, when my mom transferred out of that hospital, eventually um, we sent back in some catering gift cards, you know, enough for the whole floor to get some, you know, the nurses were not the problem ever. It's the hospital administrators yeah. following the CDC's protocol. That was, those were the people that, you know, if you don't go up, if you're not willing to go up against them, they will just CDC protocol your relative. And for some people, they will be fine. They will live, they will go home and, you know, hopefully go back to living a normal life for hundreds of thousands of Americans in the last two years, that CDC protocol and just sitting back and letting that go and letting that be the, the solution to COVID that has not worked. And in fact, right. in places like my grandfather, you know, we knowing what we know now, like he was CD, he was CDC protocol to death, you know, basically. Mm -hmm. And again, the nurses in his room weren't doing that on purpose. This isn't like, you know, you know, everybody's in there rubbing their hands together, watching people die, going more money, more money. It's not like that. But the hospital administrators are making judgment calls based on, you know, following the CDC protocols completely eliminates any risk that we could be sued mm -hmm. by anyone. Because as long as we can verify that we followed the protocol, we are not legally culpable for anything that happens. And right. like, well, in the case of our mother, that wasn't 
that wasn't a thing we were willing to be okay with. And right. it was like, well, so we gather, we start dosing mom, we make schedules, how much she's getting. We had a text chat going just for the people in the room. Dose 2.14, you know, 2.15 a.m., dose 2.30 a.m., dose 2.45 a.m. And then we were, we also broke the day up into two to three hour shifts so that every sibling was in there. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to breathe in those masks. It's, right. it's emotionally and mentally exhausting. Um, you're worried about the nurses, you know, you're keeping everybody updated. Mom's machines were beeping, beeping constantly. When I first showed up to see her that night, her heart rate was in the low forties and the machine would go off when it dropped below 40. And then a nurse would have to cap and gown or cape and gown and all this stuff and come in and all her PPE just to turn that beeping off because there was n- nothing they could do about mom's falling heart rate, you know? Mm-hmm. So she finally asked me, do you mind if I just turn off the alarm versus having to run in here and turn this machine off all the time? Because and I said, she no, was truly dying. There was no question that yes, she was truly dying. So her heart rate dropped down to the low, to the mid thirties. And it was set that it would only ring at 35. And then it, I was sitting there and it was still ringing. And, you know, the nurse was like, I'm just going to turn this off. And I was like, that's okay. Yeah. So mom's heart rate is hovering around 35. Her oxygen, she's on a BiPAP mask, which is a non-invasive vent. And it's, it's at hundred percent. It's, it's maxed out. The, the pressure, the force of the air going down into her lungs is literally racking mom's whole body. So she's, she's unconscious. Her heart rate is extremely low uh, with bradycardia and she's just convulsing with every force. Like her body is being forced to receive this air. And it's obvious, like she is not long for this life. And it was very traumatizing as, you know, my younger siblings, especially seeing mom that way. And, uh, yeah. So we took these two hour shifts because that was about all you could take. And like some right. of us, some of the siblings would go, you know, the, the block from three to 6 a.m., a three hour stretch. Um, but again, dosing every 15 to 20 minutes. And then once we'd gotten 24 hours of that into her, we slowed it down to every half an hour. And, and what at this happened? Point, the nurses, she was, she was not dead. <laughs> You're like in the morning, <laughs> the nurses and the doctors were like, oh, you know, we're just, it, she's made it through the night. We didn't expect that, but you know, there's just no, basically they were not, not at all hopeful. She was going to live. They were just surprised she had lived this long. And they were saying stuff like, oh, you guys coming has really, you know, she's, she's waiting for you. She waited for you guys. It's like, she's alive because you showed up and she was just waiting so she could die for you all Mm. to come. And it was like, well, there is a healing power in having your family nearby. I do believe that. But my mom was completely unconscious and she was not responsive. You could shout in her face. We, We tried, mom, we're here. Mom, we're here. You're not, you know, and we were yelling at her, you know, cause the machines are loud and her, her BiPAP machine, the air is the, that machine forcing that air into her lungs is very loud right next to her head. And so we're shouting, mom, we're here, but you're not dying. We're here because you need to fight this. And Mm -hmm. she'd like flutter her eyelids for a second, but that's, I mean, she had no idea who or what was going on. Did she now, does she remember any of that? She does not. No, she does not remember 
that entire hospital stay. Like my mom over the course, she ended up being in the hospital for 78 days in three different hospitals, this initial hospital. And then she needed, um, eventually she needed um, dialysis and this little small town hospital didn't have in-room dialysis. So we transferred her to a bigger hospital that did um, a couple hours away. And then finally she went to a rehab hospital for over a month. And so um, over the course of that, she doesn't remember the first hospital at all. And then very, very little of the second hospital. And so she certainly did not revive because we were there because she was, she was not responsive at all. And I mean, we were rubbing all over her body in, if mom had been even remotely conscious, she would not have been okay with that. You know, like this is, we're homeschoolers. Like none of us have ever seen mom half, you know, with, you know, no, trust me, if mom was conscious, (laughs) even remotely, she would have been objecting to what was going on because, you know, I do not want anyone, you know, rubbing lotion underneath my armpit. Thank you very much. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So how long did you keep up with that protocol? We were, basically, she had rounded the corner where we thought she was going to live by three days. Three days. And by five days, even the hospital was saying she was, yeah. By then, the hospital was starting to say, I don't know why the doctor would say, but it, God answers prayers. And keep in mind, I watched this doctor with my own eyes get on his knees beside my mom's hospital bed and pray that God would heal her because we had run out of man's tools, you know? And this is a a good doctor, a good man who truly cared about his patients. This isn't, like I said, some greedy guy rubbing his hands together. I can't wait to get more COVID bucks. Like that's, this was not that kind of a situation. And, And we, um, we kept dosing and the next day she started to wake up and she started, her eyelids were fluttering and her heart rate was coming up and up and up. So instead of being in the forties, her heart rate was in the sixties. And then her oxygen started to improve where it was in the mid eighties and the high eighties and then 91. And, you know, we took a big picture and texted out to everybody. Mom's oxygen's at 91. You know, I just couldn't believe it. Wow. And everybody's just like, you're it's such a roller coaster. You know, you get this good news and then a new blood work comes in, her blood's too thin. And then you get this bad news and then this good news. And it just, it was up and, and that's, I've learned that's normal. It's just up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and, and we should also say, uh, mention that your mom had a lot of comorbidities, right? So this should not have really worked as far as, um, like she had a lot going against her. Yes, my mom was a type two diabetic and had been for years. Um, she had high blood pressure. She was a little overweight um, and she had uh, stage four kidney disease, which that was the result of a surgery she'd had where the damage left behind on the kidney surgery left her kidneys with damage equivalent to stage four kidney disease, they said. So she hadn't actually had kidney disease, but she had enough damage to her kidneys from that surgery that that's what they considered her is lifelong stage four kidney disease. It's no secret, it's been a very difficult couple of years. As mothers, it can be overwhelming to know how to best care for your family and to be prepared for the next wave of illness that will come. The We Saved Our Mom family has partnered with a supplement company to create I Am Shield. I Am Shield contains all eight of the nutrients that people have been buzzing about for the last two years, and they have combined them into one bottle. 
Mamas, this means no more juggling bottles or being overwhelmed by dosing. At $31.95, I Am Shield is here to make your life easier. Visit www.cvprotocols.com and use the coupon code hashtag DeepRootsAtHome for 15% off. That's cvprotocols.com. Use the coupon code hashtag DeepRootsAtHome to get 15% off. Take one small step towards simplifying your life while you care for your family. And we're back. And Emily, what an amazing story this is. And we are just so thankful that your mom responded to the protocol. And what I just, it, it leaves me speechless. And I am just so thankful that you fought for your mom and that your family came together like they did. And like you said, it was a long road for your mom. And she did have many ups and downs, but she pulled through. And that is thanks to the Lord and this amazing protocol. So since that, you have a website now called WeSavedOurMom.com. And you have gone on this past year to help hundreds of people that have a similar situation with their loved ones in the hospital. Is that right? Right. What happened was, you know, we didn't really tell a lot of people. I don't know. Most people forget, you know, COVID has been going on so long, but basically in that was October, November of 2020. Well, in the spring of 2021, you know, it took us several months to just recover emotionally and mentally and, and, you know, physically from, from that, you know, month we spent up there. But in the spring, COVID just kind of disappeared and everyone stopped talking about it. And I live in Texas. They lifted all their mandates and restrictions. And we were like, oh, good, this is over. We can go back to living our lives. And, you know, we kind of spent the summer that way. Well, then in the midsummer, it started to come back and we started getting reached out to by people. Hey, we heard you did this crazy thing. And, you know, I've got a sick relative. I've got a neighbor. I've got a mother-in-law, a father, you know, just like, and I started spending hours a day on the phone with people, you know, I've got, you know, South Carolina, New York, you know, just Canada, just all over the country. People heard my story from a friend of a friend of a friend. And then once we put the website, that's where the idea for the website came from was we needed to get this idea, this concept of transdermal COVID or even just taking supplements to be ready so that your body has what it needs to fight a virus, you know, right. that concept, we need to get this out to more people faster. And so that's where the concept for the website was born was I was spending six to eight hours a day helping, you know, eight, 10, 15 families a day trying to get, you know, their relatives save their lives or keep them from having to be put in the hospital or whatever. And so it, it became like, I, I was repeating myself. I was saying the same information to people right. four times a day, eight times a day. So that's where the idea for the website came up was let's just share this information for free. Like, I don't care where you buy the supplements. Um, I, if everyone would take supplements, less people would get sick. And since, since mom's illness, I have spent, you know, probably a year researching the nutritional side of COVID and the fact that like, you know, if you have uh, clinically low vitamin D levels below 20, when the average is supposed to be 44 and, and in the alternative world, we think the number should be more like 80 to hundred, 
So if your number is below 20 when you're admitted to the hospital with COVID, your odds of dying from COVID are 12 times higher. Wow. Well, now that we know that, everyone should be taking vitamin D. And especially as you come into those months of the year where people aren't getting good vitamin D from the sun, it's just essential that if this stuff is still around and the hospitals are still not treating it any differently than they have at the very beginning of all this, the exact same protocol, the exact same medications, if they're not going to change what they're doing, we can't trust them to heal us. And so we have to take that into our own hands. And that's, we made the website, we saved our mom to share the story faster to help more people. But then on the side, anytime somebody wrote in on the website or contacted me, oh, you know, when you were in college, you went to church with this person who told me about your mom and like, I've never met you, but I will help you. And so it became kind of a like a ministry of sorts of, you know, my husband would come home from work and the house is a mess and, and supper is, you know, frozen pizza from Aldi's. And, you know, he's like, how many people did you help today? You know, he didn't ask why is the house a mess or, you know, anything. He just, he knew that I had spent the whole day on the phone with people whose loved ones were very ill or dying, or I, I, I don't, I don't mind helping anybody. And, you know, obviously I don't charge, I'm not a doctor. And I make that very clear to everyone. I'm not a doctor. I just know how the hospital works with COVID specifically. And I know how you can help your body. And so those two things together, I can help you help your sick relative in the hospital or out. And so that's right. what I spent the last year. And, and we're talking about and finally the website any time of the day, you're up in the middle of the night, you're up at all hours, helping people, calling hospitals, um, talking to yeah. personnel, right? Oh yeah. That, and that's part of it is people, the hospitals are used to, and they prefer families that are, you know, just call me if anything changes. And then they're going to go pray and they're going to email their church and ask for prayer. And they're going to, you know, gather with family and hug and cry and let the hospital do whatever the hospital thinks is best. And the family just waits for an update. Mm -hmm. And those are the families that the hospital just follows the CDC protocol. And if it works, great. But if it doesn't, well, we did everything we could. That's how people feel. And that's just not accurate. In reality, there are little things that back when people could sit in a hospital room, anyone who sat by a sick relative in a hospital room before COVID could have told you, you need to be sitting there to advocate for your loved one. Because for example, I've worked with families where, oh, my dad is in the hospital with COVID. He's diabetic and he's not getting his supper meal to after 9 p.m. Well, of yeah. course, that puts a diabetic person into a diabetic low and he's in a bed. He can't get up and get himself some insulin. And he rang his call bell and waited two hours for someone to come to his room to help him use the restroom. Like if you had a relative sitting there, that wouldn't happen. You would, you would have someone there to advocate. Well, those same things are happening when you just wait for the hospital to call you with an update and cry and pray and like praying and crying. We did plenty of those things and those are, those are essential. So were <laughs> you actually calling really the hospitals plan. to get updates and then? That's where getting involved in the hospitalization process 
being on the phone frequently, getting updates, help people with that. And then, you know, oh, they also, yeah, for hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of phone calls, I would have the family name me as one of the uh, approved points of contact. And wow. then on top of that, when I would see cases of gross medical negligence, like waiting two hours to use the restroom or diabetics not getting, uh, you know, food for hours after their, their insulin window, you know, those are instances of medical neglect. And I don't get in there to be helping them, you know, um, and keep in mind half their staff aren't there, or, you know, not a full half of their own firing people for their mandates. So I have very little sympathy for the short-staffed hospitals where they want to act like that sort of medical neglect is just how the world is now. Right. Like, go ahead. So families, you know, I get called at two in the morning. Um, you know, they're just horrible, horrible things happening to families. Yeah, we're having a little bit of difficulty with our connection. So I think that um, uh, it's lagging pretty badly, um, but we're just gonna try to power through here anyways. <laughs> um, so, but are you able to hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, Bye. okay. It's, it's um, I'm not sure how we can make it any better. So we'll just uh, try to do the best we can with it. So tell me, and, and I'm gonna, I have a few questions here. Um, that uh, I wanted to ask you specifically that I think that our listeners would be interested in. Um, can you tell me, uh, is there a way for our listeners to get um, their hands on what that protocol was that you suggest for, is that on the We Saved Our Mom website? Yes, that's a free download available on We Saved Our Mom. And it goes through prevention doses, what you wanna be taking on a daily basis, what we were taking going into mom's room. And then if you get COVID and have a mild version, you know, the kind of the version everybody's used, you know, the people that just have it and feel like they have the flu and four or five days later are back at work. And then if you have severe COVID, um, and it's not just the dosage quantities that change, it's the actual ingredients. Cause when you're in different phases of the virus, you know, you need different nutrition nutrients at that point. And so there are some basics, um, C, D, zinc, quercetin, bromelain, uh, K2, magnesium, you know, things that everyone has been talking about for the last couple of years. Those are, we want you taking those across the board, but then yes, we have full instructions in there for using this stuff transdermally. And we have the instructions in there for, you know, dosing, um, when you're, you have severe COVID and that would be an instance where uh, you won't be having to dose as frequently as we were with mom, but you should be taking, you know, a round of supplements every two hours um, or so to give your body what it needs. And probably in many cases, if you're dosing that frequently, this is literally the fight of your life. You've probably never been this sick before uh, for this long and your body is probably nutritionally deficient you know, you've depleted your zinc stores long ago, you know, five days right. ago into this fight. And so, um, yeah, that's all available as a free download on the website. And then I, and that's, we saved our mom.com. And then you also, uh, have put together a, a course. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Well, I, 
not just on the supplement front, but in how to handle the hospitals, I found myself repeating a lot of the same information. Um, you know, and it, I didn't mind repeating it. I minded that it took an hour, you know? Right. And so, cause in the, that whole hour is an hour, you're not helping another family or, or whatever. So I created a course, uh, basically how to advocate for your family when, for a loved one, when they're in the hospital with COVID, how the hospital works, what the hospital is looking for, um, things you are allowed to ask for, changes in medication. Um, you know, obviously you can say that you don't want remdesivir, but there are things that you may want increased. You know, you may want more corticosteroids. You want, may want them inhaled versus an oral pill. Uh, you may want them more frequently, things like that, depending on how your relative is doing. I've, you know, in, over the course of helping you know, hundreds of families now um, and working with, I think over 60 hospitals that I've had to call and, you know, be in contact with, um, I kind of have a pretty good idea for what you can actually get out of a hospital. You know, you're not going to get, you know, they're not going to just let you do whatever you want, but if you are persistent and if you are, you know, always unfailingly polite, but unfailingly firm, you will get, um, they'll want to give you things to make you just go away basically. And so I know right. I made a course, um, it is currently on Teachable, but we're getting it onto um, our other websites as well so that we can make sure as many people are seeing it as possible. But it's it's very cheap. I mean, we're doing the course for, I think, like $15, where you can get basically a two and a half hour crash course in how to advocate for your loved one, paperwork you want to have filled out before you walk in the door. Who has medical power of attorney? I can't tell you how many families I've helped where elderly husband and wife duo are both sick and legally in every state except Louisiana when the husband is sick the wife is the medical power of attorney and when the wife is sick the husband is well they're both sick with COVID and so neither one of them can be helping to make medical decisions for the other one that's where medical power of attorney forms should have been signed before they even showed up at the hospital and this sounds like something with, that would be helpful for any Time, time that you've got a loved one that's sick and in the hospital. Yeah, like, I think especially uh, older relatives. Yeah. 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 You know, so is there an email? Is there an email that they can, uh, that our listeners can uh, email if they're interested in that course? Yeah. If you just go on wesavedourmom.com and hit the contact button um, and just shoot us an email, I will be happy to put you in touch with the course and, um, we, we really just, I mean, the reason it's set at, you know, $15 or, or so, and we're doing coupons frequently is we just want to get that information out there. Like right. we don't really care to make some huge profit on this. I'm not a doctor. You know, we, we can't even, you know, you couldn't put a price tag on what these families are going through and there's nothing, you know, I'm not in this for a big paycheck. It's that people are dying because they don't the hospital doesn't give them all the options and they don't know how to handle the hospital. And so between the medical side, the, the nutrients, that's free on our website. And the course is pretty close to free at $15. Right. And between those two things, I think a lot of families would not be going through the heartache. They could prevent a lot of these things from becoming as bad as they have been. And it's, and I want that for people. This isn't I don't want people to go through what my family went through. I don't want anyone to have to go sneak into a hospital and be transdermally putting supplements on their mom at two in the morning. That's right. that's not an ideal situation. That was a nightmare. And I would wish that mom had taken the supplements we sent, you know, two a week earlier. And I wish that she had, you know, 
uh, been taking supplements, you know, preventatively, uh, higher doses, you know, all I wish anything you can do. And, you know, the old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. That has never, ever been truer than in the case of COVID. Mm-hmm. Every little thing you can do ahead of time and the knowledge of how to handle the hospital ahead of time. By the time people know they need help handling the hospital, they're usually a week into the stay. Even if you don't have a relative currently in the hospital, take the course anyway, because right. you all of a sudden, you don't even realize who you're responsible for until the phone rings. And then you're like, they're like, hey, what do we do about X or Y or so-and-so person? And then like, you may not think, oh, I'm responsible for my husband and my children and our health. Well, it turns out that aunt, you know, aunt Nancy, who never got married, you know, she really doesn't have anyone to take care of her. So when the phone rings that she's being put in the hospital, that might be you. And right. that's where the course comes in. Or, you know, my husband's boss, um, never married. And they've, he's worked there for, I've had this situation. I dealt with this situation, you know, worked there for 30 years. And, uh, and uh, anyway, so that's the sort of situation where the more, you know, before you get sick, the better. Right, right. Well, we are running out of time here, but there is some exciting things that have happened in the past few months that I know that our listeners will be uh, interested in. And that is the supplement company that the We Saved Our Mom family has recently partnered with. In the last couple of minutes that we have here, can you just share a little bit about how did that come about? (laughs) Well, it happened, it grew out of First of all, our story was like we were, that was a compelling story. But then as we, I helped more and more people, I would tell them, you need to find a health food store and you need this brand and this dosage and this thing at this frequency. And I, I and it was completely overwhelming. And then add in the emotional roller coaster of having a sick relative, sick enough that you're calling some stranger, you know, like me. <laughs> and so I would say, I'll call the health food store for you. And like, I call natural grocers in Grand Rapids or, you know, South Carolina or whatever. And I'd send the little, you know, natural grocers girl or GNC girl around, you know, to gather all these bottles. And I would always tell people it's going to be about $170 to $200 for the, for the 11 bottles of stuff that you're going to need. Now, granted, you won't probably use all the bottles, but you need those ingredients. And it became something where you know, guy in Wyoming, he's like, it's a two hour drive to a health food store. I've never even seen a health food store. I don't know what to buy there. And it became something where my husband and I kept running into this problem of people can't find the supplements because they're sold out like NAC and quercetin, um, or, you know, they can't afford $180 worth, you know, right when they're probably, you know, taking off work to be with their sick relative or whatever. So it became an issue of sourcing. And then people were so confused by the dosing. My husband and I, we just, it's as natural as breathing to fill a pill tray every Sunday for the week ahead of us. But for other people, it was like, when do I take this again? When do I take that again? So a thousand milligrams of this with how many? It It sounds totally overwhelming. so we, my husband and I, it, it is. And I didn't, I didn't think it was until the 500th person was like, can you type this up for me? This is just, I can't do this. And right. I was like, no, I, so my husband and I said, we, in God's providence, we had recently sold our house and moved out to the country. And so we had some, some money in the bank that we wouldn't normally. And he said, let's develop a supplement where people can get all of this in one bottle. 
So instead mm. of having to send people an hour drive to natural grocers to spend $170, let's get people as much of it as we can into a pill. <laughs> and so we did, we partnered with CD Protocols. They're a, a new supplement company. And we came with the idea and rolled around different formulas. Um, we wanted it to be very affordable. And there are some options out there that have C, D, zinc, quercetin, some of those things in them. But it's like just as expensive as if you spent the $170 because by the right. time you got all eight ingredients, you still would have spent $170, $180, $200. So we got together with CD Protocols. They loved our story. They loved you know, the whole mission and the, the angle of the ministry angle of it. And we asked for a formula that had vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, quercetin, bromelain. And then we've added magnesium and K2 because they both help in vitamin D absorption. Mm. And um, we also added selenium, which uh, COVID is really difficult on the heart. A lot of people have either tachycardia or bradycardia elevated or, or decreased heart rate. So we added these things together in a dose where if you are just trying to stay healthy around COVID, you would take three pills a day. One at you know, morning, noon, and night, or all at once, doesn't matter. If you have COVID, you would just increase your dosages to having them six pills a day, nine pills a day. And if you have severe COVID, you, you would take this supplement plus the two others that we would typically have added, um, which again, that's all available on We Saved Our Mom. So we're really excited about this. The supplements are available. Um, they We've started shipping them in late February. And we're hopeful that between the course, the free information, and now the supplements, we're going to be able to help more people even faster. And that's so. at that cvprotocols.com where the product is, um, the all-in-one product. And I was actually just talking to correct. somebody just the, uh, just recently, and she was excited when I was mentioning it to her because she was like, I take all of that already and it's costing me so much money. Um, you know, so, because I have a magnesium, I have a zinc, I have these things, they're all in my bathroom, but there's so many bottles. And if I could just, and it even has in it vitamin C, which I haven't been taking. So um, she was excited when I mentioned it to her. So I wanted to not let the podcast end be without um, mentioning that because some of our readers might really find that to simplify their life and really help them. We're going to have to wrap this up, but Emily, I am so happy that you were here on the podcast with us. Is there anything that you'd like our listeners, um, one last thing you'd like them to know or any encouragement you have to give them? You know, we right now, COVID is not being talked about as much, but we also know that um, the next seasonal illness is right around the corner. We need to be prepared to help our families in the best way possible. And so um, if you have any, any parting word that you'd like to share. Sure. I think um, being proactive on your health and that's, you know, it was convicting for me changing, you know, changing what I eat, getting more exercise. That's important. Taking supplements. Don't let whatever illness is next, whatever wave is next, whatever variant is next. Don't let that hit your family unprepared. And mm -hmm. if that's, you don't have to buy our supplements, you can go get them from anywhere. But waiting for this to blow over, you know, we're two years into this and it's not blowing over. It's mm -hmm. be proactive now, take, take steps now, get the stuff in the house now. So it's not missing from the shelf when your family is sick. And uh, the more, you know, information you have, um, 
and I honestly keep reading, you know, blogs like this one. I, I mean, I used to come to this blog myself for uh, new information on uh, the changing face of COVID and new symptoms, new things. So keep informed, mm -hmm. but then also get the stuff in the house so you're not, right. you're not right. uh, desperate, you know, yeah. at two in the morning like we were. Yeah, that's one thing Jackie's really big on is preparedness, right? Being prepared for the next wave, whatever it is. Right. And, uh, and I will be putting links in the show notes of the podcast here to all of these uh, resources so that people can go if they'd like and get the free protocol download and um, the course and uh, the supplements and all of those things. So thank you so much, Emily. And uh, what an incredible story. And we're just so thankful. You know, oftentimes God puts us through these situations and we're not sure why in your case, it's been very obvious. <laughs> He's shown us more why, because you have helped hundreds of people and the Lord has really used you to spread a lot of, um, a lot of hope and a lot of help to, um, sick families over these past couple of years. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. God bless. for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time. to another edition of the Deep Roots at Home podcast. I'm Abby Grace and I am your host and today we are going to be talking about a topic that tends to be scary for parents, even those that do not regularly vaccinate their children, and that is the topic of tetanus. We're going to be uh, learning from Jackie's post, Did You Know These Fun Facts About Tetanus, Rusty Nails, and Horses? We're going to take some of the mystery out of that fear-dreaded tetanus, so stay tuned. And now for a did you know moment. This is the story from a mom who took her child to the emergency room with a bloody cut. Doctor says, we're gonna give her a tetanus vaccine. Mom says, really? What brand and configuration did you have in mind? Just tetanus. You mean the DTAP, mom said. Doctor said, well, yes. So you wanna give my child a vaccine for three diseases when you're only concerned about one? It's the only way it comes. Wrong. So how long will it take for the vaccine to help her create antibodies against tetanus? About three weeks, the doctor says. If this wound contains tetanus spores in the correct environment, how long before the spores start producing toxins, causing lockjaw, then death? The doctor replied immediately. So you want to give my daughter a vaccine that she won't mount an immune response with until about a week after she's dead then? We left without the shot, or the TIG, tetanus immunoglobulin. It also has known side effects that include peripheral neuropathy and Guillain-Barre syndrome. Scares me that I have more information than a physician, and it should scare you too. So let's look at some fun facts on tetanus that clearly most doctors don't know, or they fudge on lie about. Since they give the DTaP vaccine, for even sinus infections or any minor cut. Number one, 
Tetanus is an anaerobic bacteria, meaning it can't survive in oxygenated environments, meaning if the wound bled, no tetanus. Number two, just because you get cut on metal, rusty or not, it doesn't automatically mean tetanus bacteria is present. Tetanus is normally found in manure, dirt, and not on plumbing fixtures. Number three, even if there was a deep puncture wound that did not bleed, caused by an object that had tetanus bacteria on it, you literally cannot vaccinate against a bacterial infection after the exposure. The vaccine is not an instant tetanus killer. It would take weeks for your body to produce enough antibodies, provided the vaccine is even successful at all. Number four, if there were serious concerns about tetanus exposure, as previously explained, then the only thing that could help, outside of allowing the wound to bleed if possible, and cleaning the wound with soap, water, or hydrogen peroxide, would be the TIG shot, excuse me, the TIG shot, tetanus immunoglobulin, which is an antitoxin and not a vaccine. Number five, there is no single tetanus vaccine available in the United States, only the, T, the DTAP or DTAP, which is a three-in-one cocktail vaccine consisting of diphtheria, tetanus, and pertussis, whooping cough, or TD, tetanus and diphtheria. So to summarize, one, a tetanus shot would not help a current case of tetanus, as a vaccine takes several weeks to create antibodies. If a current case of tetanus is truly a concern, the TIG shot may be given. But again, remember, it also has known effect, side effects, including peripheral neuropathy and Guillain-Barre syndrome. Number two, as of May 2019, there have been over 184,528 adverse effects reported to VAERS in connection with tetanus and tetanus-containing vaccines since 1990, including 3,172 related deaths, 22,002 hospitalizations, and 3,265 related disabilities. Three. Lastly, the CDC states that the efficacy of the tetanus toxoid has never been studied in a vaccine trial. Again, knowledge is power. Horse Sense Facts About Tetanus by Andrew Saul. Tetanus bacteria are found naturally in the droppings of horses. When deep wounds in humans or even horses are infected with this bacteria, a toxin is produced which causes the illness also known as lockjaw. Tetanus has nothing whatsoever to do with rust, by the way. Can I just repeat that? Because we all think this. Tetanus has nothing whatsoever to do with rust. The only reason an old rusty nail is associated with tetanus is that it might now be where horses had once been. Stepping on a nail delivers the bacteria spores into the body as if from a dirty hypodermic needle. So tetanus shots are given to this day, even though horses are so rarely around us anymore. During the Civil War, horses were like trucks and cars. Confederate cavalrymen had thousands of horses with them at a time. At the time of the Battle of Chancellorsville in 1863, Union cavalry had some 9,000 horses. Can you imagine what their camps must have been like? It's remarkable that there were so few cases of tetanus during the Civil War. Battlefield wounds were very numerous, severe, and very dirty. Blood and tissue and horse droppings were everywhere. Lockjaw cases were not. During the 1860s, surgeons did not even wash their hands, let alone their instruments. 
Tetanus bacteria must have been literally everywhere. After a typical battle, thousands of men might lay with their innards on the ground. Forget your visions of neat uniforms and waxed mustaches and glory like you see in the movies. Pain and disease, mud, filth, and horses were this war. We know that lockjaw cases placed far down on the casualty lists at a rate of just over 2%. That, with no sterilization of medical instruments and not a pair of clean hands in sight, and with all those horses around. As a very little boy in Rochester, New York, I can remember horse teams drawing the huge rakes that swept the public beaches clean along Lake Ontario. The degree of tetanus exposure on that beach never occurred to most parents. When we cut ourselves, barefoot boys like myself often didn't even tell our parents who wanted to be stuck with a hypodermic needle. A lot of the kids on those beaches had not had tetanus shots, and yet, as in the Civil War, the number of tetanus shots was near zero. I never even knew anyone who had had tetanus. Over 40 years ago, Frederick R. Klenner, MD, cured tetanus with massive doses of vitamin C, most of it intravenously. Between 350 to 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C per kilogram body weight per day was his standard therapeutic oral dose. Dr. Klenner described tetanus fatalities as being due to conventional medical treatments for the disease, not even due to tetanus itself. This is presented like one side of a good debate to get you past the sound bites and to look into the subject yourself. The human body is almost unbelievably resilient. Perhaps a bridle needs to be put on overpraising or overusing the tetanus shot. And I will also add at the end of this article my own personal story. Uh, my son, when he was around eight years old, received a tetanus shot. More proactively, we did not actually vaccinate our children for anything else, but we were afraid of the tetanus shot. And so since my other children had had steps, they had stepped on rusty nails occasionally, and um, whenever they would step on something that concerned us, we'd go ahead and that was the one shot we would give them. But like the article said, it's never just that one shot. It's the trio or at least the two. Well, my, this particular son, our oldest, was eight years old, and we decided since the rest of them had gotten that one shot, we'd just go ahead and preventatively give him that, and they uh, gave him the DT shot. Well, two weeks later, my son started having seizures, and they were partial, they were frontal lobe partial complex seizures, and at its height, he was probably having, the doctors guessed, around 100 seizures a day. And he had to be on medications for two years to um, control those seizures. But when we asked the neurologist, um, this is one of the top doctors in the Houston area, we asked him if there could be a relation to the uh, tetanus shot that he had just received uh, two weeks ago, which of course is neurological, correct? So anyhow, when we asked the doctor, he could not deny that there could be um, a link between those shots that our son had received and his, uh, his seizures. So I want to end with this quote by Sir William Osler, and that is, the greater the ignorance, the greater the dogmatism. So we would love to hear your stories of uh, the tetanus shot, and do you have any other fun facts that you would like to add? Email us at deeprootsathome at gmail.com.